0: Welcome to the Mindful Living Podcast. I'm your host, Athea Davis. Are you ready to become the person everyone loves, including yourself? Imagine being filled with purpose, joy, and focused energy every single day. I guide kids to gain their inner calm and adults to spark their inner child. Each week, I will give you fun, practical, and relatable, mindfully infused inspiration, insights, and information that you can directly apply in your life, family, and school or business. So, let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to Mindful Living. I hope that wherever you are, when you tune in to this episode, that you're having an amazing, awesome-sauce, sparkly-bright kind of day. And if you haven't experienced that yet, when you're listening, my hope is always that after you tune in, that you will feel a little vibrant, a little extra bright, and feel those sparkles from the inside out. Well, friends, today is all about freedom from attachment. I've been thinking about attachment Quite a bit, because if you go back to the episode where I interviewed Galen Godwin, she is the abbot of the Houston Zen Center, and in that episode, I talked about this attachment that I had to a teacup that I love, and it is just something I wake up, and i it's a ritual I do, I make my morning tea and i and i look forward to holding the cup it is something that you know brings pleasure it brings me happiness and i shared a story that my older son accidentally chipped the cup it wasn't completely broken and i'm still using that cup it's not a cup that you can just go out and get at target it is at a special pottery place in the hill country and and I was upset, and I realized how attached I was to that cup, too. And I'm usually, which is interesting, I'm usually not attached to many material items, but there are some really special items that I feel like have a lot of positive energy contained in them. Positive energy just coming from using it for the morning ritual I do each and every morning. I use that same cup, and I was really sad And I was thinking about it the other day because I will be going to the Hill Country, dropping cane off at summer camp in several weeks in the summer, and I can get a new cup. And I look forward to getting a new cup. I really do. And then I felt sad because, funny enough, I began to get attached to the cup that had the chip. How funny, right? Like, I, now I thought, because I was going to replace that cup, that I don't want to give the cup with the chip away, because it was such a good reminder to not be attached to how things look, right? If the cup were destroyed, i get it, I'd have to replace it. But this cup, I can still use it. So I get to look at that chip every day and see that this cup is not perfect, And it reminds me of how, well, we're not perfect either. And we're beautiful that way. And I have this new love for my morning teacup that has a chip in it now. But that's why I've been thinking about attachment because I use this cup every morning. And I thought it was interesting how I transitioned from feeling really sad and, you know, almost like this little broken heart that my favorite morning ritual cup was broken. It had a chip in it. And then I realized, well, I actually kind of like it now. It It's a nice symbol and reminder. So it had me think about bringing this episode to you guys being free from attachment. So I'm going to dive into the yoga sutras of Pantanjali here for just a little bit because I want to contextualize this. I'm not going to go too deep. Some of you that are listening may want to do that. And if you're interested, hey, you can always let me know and I can do a deeper dive. But I just want to give you a thumbnail sketch of attachment as it's discussed in the Yoga Sutras. Because I think it provides some really good guidance for us to understand how we manifest this attachment to things in our life, right? So attachment can be like to an object like the cup, or to a person, or to something that we like to do, experiences. Some of us become really attached to traveling. And there's nothing inherently wrong with liking to do certain things, but it's when we become attached. So I want to define what that is. And I'm looking at the yoga sutras, Patanjali's yoga sutras, and it's divided in books. So I'm going to look in book one on practice and book two on contemplation or I should say I'm sorry book one on contemplation book two on practice but first I want to look at what is attachment and this is contained in book two in sutras seven and eight and the way that Pantanjali defines it is attachment is that which follows identification with pleasurable experiences and then he also defines aversion is that which follows identification with painful experiences. So there are two Sanskrit terms. One, sukha means pleasure and dukkha meaning pain. So pleasure coming from this attachment contained in Book 2, Sutra 7, that it's that which follows identification with pleasurable experiences things where we identify pleasure, right? Like the teacup brought me pleasure when I got to hold it and drink my tea out of it. A friend may bring you pleasure because you get to talk to them and it feels great and connecting. A trip may bring you pleasure because it feels like all the stress of your life is just melted away during that time. And then there's aversion, that which follows identification with painful experiences. If things make us unhappy, we create aversion. If things make us happy, we create this attachment. So it kind of sets up this dynamic in our behavior that we're constantly searching out there for happiness, But here's the fundamental key of today is that happiness is inside. The happiness is inside. The peace is in here, like inside of yourself. And we do go out and we look on the outside for joyful and Or not really joyful, I don't want to say joyful, I'm going to use the term happy, but happy experiences and things that don't make us happy, we find aversion to them, but I want you to also understand, and I want you to reflect on this, is that actually what's happening is that we reflect our happiness or unhappiness onto people and things right? So we reflect our happiness or unhappiness onto people and things. So let's put that to the side for just a moment because I want to touch on unattached for just a minute. So there's a term in yoga called Vairagya and Vairagya is unattached it's means and in the sutra it's in book two number 15 the actual sutra says the consciousness of self-mastery is one who is free from cravings for objects seen or heard about is non-attachment i'll say it again the consciousness of self-mastery Is one who is free from craving for objects seen or heard about is non attachment. So they're free from this craving. There's that non attachment. And literally, that Sanskrit word, Vairagya, means without color. So unattached is without personal desires. But if I'm, you know, I'm looking at the commentary in the sutras and desire, you know, personal desire, meaning the ego-driven for personal gain. Because I want to differentiate that kind of personal desire versus the personal desire to serve others. So the personal desire to serve others is... God-driven, or universe-driven, or reality with a big R, reality-driven, or if you'd like to think of it as uh, going beyond yourself-driven. So you have the unattached without personal desires, but what Pantanjali is talking about, it's not just all personal desires, but he's talking about personal desires that are ego-driven for personal gain so that's differentiated from personal desires to serve others that's universe driven god driven going beyond yourself driven and you know the mind the way it works it's always desiring right and we have this tendency to be steeped in that that sort of selfish self interest personal gain desiring And part of any mindfulness, yoga, meditation practice is redirecting that energy to selfless desire, into service. And we begin to see when we redirect that energy to selfless desire in service, personal desire to serve others, that we do have this sense of freedom from attachment. Are we ever going to get rid of it? You know, I, I don't, you know, I just, I think that's part of the process of being a human being. And it's so wonderful to work and grow towards this idea of uh, non-attachment. You know, step into my own mindfulness practice To practice, uh, you know, the non-attachment is something that takes time to develop. And you develop the non-attachment to objects, to people, to outcomes through having a mindfulness meditation or yoga practice. You're, you're still going to experience, you know, this dichotomy that I feel pleasure and then I feel pain, but essentially what non-attachment gets you to a state of feeling and being is a state of equanimity. We are not on either side of that extreme of pleasure and pain that you feel this equalness You know, I like to think about it as riding the middle wave, that I'm actually in between, that I can experience pleasure, I can experience pain, and I can experience all those feelings in between and be in equilibrium. I can experience that equanimity. So I definitely feel that when I'm experiencing that equanimity, that I am practicing non-attachment. And again, the way we get free from attachment is we go through the process of using our mindfulness breathing. We also go through the process of being reflective. Having some kind of journal process that you use is so important because with those two combined, the mindful breathing and the reflection process, that is key to giving us insight to what we might be attached to, right? I mean, you could probably make a list of things you think you're attached to and you might have things you know that, oh my goodness, this thing I've carried around for 30 years, I am super attached. And you know if you lost it or if it were destroyed that you would be upset. Then there are things that you might be unaware of. And this is one of the things that mindfulness practices does. Is they shed our practices, the mindfulness practices shed light on these places we aren't even aware of. So it's kind of taking some of those unconscious things that that are happening and bringing them to a conscious level. And by engaging in the practices themselves, meaning mindfulness, yoga, meditation, that you begin to get some clarity on the things you're attached to. See, I wouldn't have even known. I I mean, I guess I knew a little bit that I was attached to that cup, right? Because I knew it brought me much joy. And and I truly appreciated having that special cup that I woke up to and I still wake up to and I use for my morning tea. But the level of, I, I felt anger and sadness when I knew that there was a chip in the cup, I didn't know I was that attached, and it was an interesting process in self reflection, and uh, interestingly enough, as I said, that I now really love my cup with the chip because it's a nice reminder to appreciate the things that we have, and yet knowing that they may be, may be there one moment and may not be there the next. You know, that cup could have been. You know, destroyed, it could have dropped or, you know, fallen on the floor and been more than a chip. And just to be, you know, mindful of each and every moment and to be appreciative and loving in each of those moments without attachment for any personal gain. Remember going back to being unattached. Uh, meaning that it's without personal desire, which is ego-driven for personal gain. Looking at uh, verighiha, right? The That's the Sanskrit term used for unattached. And attached, the Sanskrit is raga. You have color. You have this pleasure. You experience pleasurable. There's an attachment um, that follows identification with pleasurable experiences you can experience you know these joyful moments without actually being attached to them so when you know that you're attached to something you have strong intense emotion come up when you don't get to do or experience or see that thing you're going to feel it come up in frustration or anxiety or anger. That's when you know you've got some strong attachment, and it could be on the flip side, like of extreme excitement and extreme happiness, right? And but yet, there's this beauty and contentment and equanimity, and that's what our practices bring us. You know, um, we've talked about that on some past episodes on, um, you know, looking at how these practices, you know, bring up certain emotions and can help regulate certain emotions. And part of living a mindful life is learning to be steeped in equanimity. Well, friends, I am going to sign off there. It is a short one today and but you know but but before I do sign off I do want to I want to give you guys a tangible practice to take with you because I just gave you this kind of philosophy about being free from attachment and how do we do that so right here on Mindful Living with Athea Davis we're going to do a counting breath together so let's do it. It's one of my favorites. So if you're driving, you know, I don't want you to close your eyes while you're driving, but you can practice this. So in counting breath, if you're somewhere where you're not driving, you can close your eyes. If you're driving, keep those eyes open to keep the eyes on the road to stay safe. But in any mindfulness breath, it's a long, slow, deep breath in through the nose And then a long, slow, deep breath out of the mouth. So you want to hear the sound of your breath like you just heard mine. And then as you do counting breath, you, I'm going to count up to three, but you count silently to yourself. So it's an inhale, one, two, three. And you expand through the ribs, through the belly, through the chest. And then you exhale slowly out of the mouth. Three, two, and one. So it's inhale one, two, three, really expand, and then exhale, just let all the oxygen go. Three, two, and one. Perfect. Let's do one more. Inhale one, two, three, and then exhale, three, two. And one, and then you just take a moment to notice what you're feeling or notice any sensations in your body. Sensations can be warm or fuzzy. So they can be temperature-related, different feelings, like I said, fuzzy or bubbly. And you may not notice anything, and that's totally fine, completely normal and okay. But just taking that counting breath, that one thing that you can do, during your morning, in your evening, before a major conversation, just to get really present, right? To get really present to what's so in that moment will help you navigate this world of being attached and unattached to help you get to a state of equanimity. and and you know i want to remind us as well we are here on this earth to give my friend to give to give so when we look at being unattached remember it's unattached without personal desires meaning those personal desires that are ego driven for personal gain we we without being ego driven for personal gain but we do want to transition in the sense of looking at personal desire to serve others, that universe-driven, God-driven, or going beyond yourself-driven. Because in that, we find this equanimity, this state of bliss, this state of joy. I like to use the word joy because I think happiness is used a lot, and and I tend to think of happiness as one of these you know, emotions that are in that camp of pleasure—you know—that we can get really attached to being happy. And the case is, like in any given day, we have tons of emotions that we go through. And one of the things that can stay constant for you from pleasure to pain, from happiness uh, to even just having joy, is that equanimity. I and I tend to like to think about equanimity being very similar. To joy. So that's why I like to differentiate between happiness and joy. So, freedom from attachment can help you have such an amazing day in life and relationships with the people in your life and with the work that you do because it takes you to a higher. Place in your heart, a higher place spiritually and a higher place cognitively, and gets us out of that, you know, um, push pull dynamic, pleasure pain dynamic that can be destructive to our own thoughts and emotions and to our relationships. And I want you guys out there having all kinds of sparkly relationships and all kinds of sparkly fun. And it's not going to be fun all the time. I get it. But the more you become free from attachment, the more that you're going to experience equanimity and joy. And that's, you know, another element of mindful living is to experience the joy even in the hard stuff. And in that place, that is where we truly see that giving and giving and giving is The way to live with ultimate joy. All right, friends, always a pleasure to be with you. And you know, I love if you take a moment to rate and review the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can always screenshot it and share it on your Instagram stories or your Facebook stories so more people know about mindful living with athea davis i have some interviews coming up in the next few weeks for you guys i'm super excited to share but i love to drop in here solo with you guys and to share some things i'm thinking about i um i love you i'm voting your victory out there and until next time have an awesome sauce day Thank you for listening to the Mindful Living podcast with me, your host, Athea Davis. Think of me as your extra sparkly, good vibes, and no-nonsense guide, reminding you to take intentional action and choose to be the person today you want to become tomorrow. The world needs your sparkle, your joy, your gifts in action. Speaking of, I have a free gift for all my podcast listeners. Go now and subscribe to my email list and get your free health and wellness guide, Awesome Sauce Insights at soulstanceyoga.com. And take a moment to rate and review my podcast on iTunes or wherever you may find yourself listening to Mindful Living with Athea Davis. I truly appreciate your time and feedback so I can continue to deliver valuable content to each of you. Until next time, have an Awesome Sauce Day friends.